You're listening to the Workforce Wise podcast from Equifax, where we help you better manage your workforce by saving time, reducing risk, and focusing on increasing profits. Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Wise podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fry. Today, we'll be talking about re-verification of Form I-9s through I-9 management. I'm joined by Brian Elfrink, who is Senior Director of Product Management. He's responsible for a ton of things when it comes to the Form I-9, including legislative updates, making sure that we're tracking everything that's going on in the world of I-9 management, and also the strategic direction of our I-9 product. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, sir. I'm incredibly happy to join you on this very first edition of the Workforce Wise podcast. So like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about re-verifications of Form I-9 today. And I think that as far as Form I-9 goes, re-verification is something that a lot of people know about, but a lot of people don't know a lot about. So Brian, when you're talking to clients and when you're seeing them kind of interact with the systems and their day-to-day operations, what kind of is your experience with how they feel or what they know about re-verification? Yeah, and Jason, I think that's a great way to put it. There are varying degrees of understanding of the implications of re-verifications across the employer community. You have those that are a bit more savvy with the understanding of the programmatic controls that are necessary for I-9, and then you have those employers that really don't even understand the basics. So let's talk a minute about just what the top-level basic requirements are for re-verification, and honestly, what we mean when we talk about re-verification to begin with. Yeah, so <clears throat> re-verification is essentially a requirement of work eligibility as it pertains to Form I-9 and compliant regulations uh, that the government has issued for all employers. And ultimately, what a re-verification pertains to is under certain employment eligibility situations, you have an employee who is only eligible to work in the United States for a specified period of time based on the eligibility form or work authorization documentation that they have available. So a primary example of that would be an individual here uh, as an alien authorized to work in the United States. And the documentation that they have to prove their employment eligibility comes along with an expiration date. So that is set period of time that they're eligible to work in the United States. And in order to continue their eligibility to be employed in the United States, they have to perform the re-verification of their employment eligibility documents. And I think that's a key thing for employers to understand. The re-verification is really only for the eligibility to work document. So you know, a list A document, in, like a foreign passport, gives you ability to work inside the US and proves your identity. But the piece that may need re-verification is the eligibility to work. Same thing with the list C document it proves your eligibility to work in the U.S., and those have an expiration date. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, one other thing that I would add to that is you may run into instances where that individual employee is presenting new documents. So they may not be the same type of document that they originally presented when you first performed the initial Form I-9. And once they've received those additional new documents, potentially new documents, to serve as those employment authorization documents, again, they may be different than what was originally provided on the first four by nine. Right, and I think that's a key point for employers to remember too, that just the same way that you are not able to ask for a specific document when you do the four by nine the first time, you're not supposed to ask for a specific document when you do the re-verification. So an employee can come in 
with a different piece of documentation showing their eligibility to work in the US and the employer, as long as it's an acceptable document, has to accept what that employee has brought to them. And essentially, this is a great opportunity to talk about the utilization of a software management tool like Equifax Sinai Management that actually guides an employer through the process and the steps of performing re-verification so that they don't have to understand all these crazy implications and rules about proper guidance and completing a re-verification. They can leverage a system that can guide them through that process. Right, and I think it's important too to know that they have options when they're doing that re-verification. There are several, there are a couple at least different ways to handle the re-verification on employer side. It's possible for them to use Section 3 of Form I-9, which is specifically for re-verifications. But at the same time, if they're more comfortable just completing a brand new I-9, it's completely possible and acceptable for them to complete a new I-9 for that employee when they show the new documentation. And then aside from the trickiness that can be exposed during the re-verification process itself, relative to the types of documents that can be presented, there's also the fact that this requires some kind of monitoring, right? So a great example I think we can use is just a generic employer size that says, if you've got an employee population of 10,000 employees, let's say, for example, you're a larger employer, you have 10,000 active employees on your payroll, a certain percentage of those, let's say 10% of those employees are here on uh, work authorization documents. How are you going to track all of those expiration dates associated with those particular employment authorization documents those employees provided when they initially onboarded with the employer? It requires an ongoing constant evaluation of those expiration dates. And so it's just another example of where employers can derive value from a electronic system like I-9 management, because what are you gonna do otherwise? Are you gonna track those in your Outlook as reminders on your calendar? Are you going to create a spreadsheet with 5,000 lines of expiration dates and track those manually? It can become a really cumbersome exercise for employers to maintain programmatic oversight of these types of requirements associated with the Form I-9. Just another example of even though the, the process itself can be complicated, just understanding when you need to kick that process off is complicated too. Well, and it's not just one person that you're communicating with. It would, I think for me it would be different if it was just something I had to do, so a task that I had to do by myself, but it's not. And it's not for the same reason that when you do Section 2 of Form I-9, the employee has to be there. You follow the same rules when you're doing Section 3, or a brand new I-9 for an employee for a re-verification, you have to have that employee standing in front of the person who is signing off on section two or section three, and that person has to physically touch the documents, make sure that they appear true and accurate and pertain to the person who's standing in front of them. So as we move to a world where we are seeing more and more, especially large and medium-sized companies centralize their HR services, and become more of a shared service that handles Form I-9 specifically as one of the functions inside that centralized HR structure, we're seeing more and more difficulty with employers finding employees and finding managers at an individual location than to do Section 2 or Section 3. So I think that the tracking is one thing, but the communication is another thing, because when you're thinking about 
this. It's reverification specifically. It's something that you have to be out ahead of. You have to be out ahead of this because you're communicating to an employee. You're complete. You're communicating to whoever is completing that section two on your behalf, and then you're also having to schedule that employee with a definite time in time. It's the same rules. If that verification goes out of date, then you are subject to the same fines and penalties that you would had you employed someone who wasn't authorized to work. Because again, it's the employer's responsibility to verify not only their identity, but also their eligibility to work inside the US. But, and I think it's important too, to talk about one of those last facts that you just spoke about, which is the implications, right? Uh, from the employer's perspective, from the employee's perspective, because it's not just potentially an issue with the compliance of the employer's Form I-9, but it's also the impact to the individual, right? So if you're in an instance where you have these individuals as a part of your workforce and we're not assisting them in preparing for that expiration of that document and ultimately the need for reverification, they could end up not being a part of that workforce anymore because they're no longer eligible to work in the United States. So you've got an immediate impact to an individual and potentially their family, as well as the loss of a contributor to your workforce as an employer. So there are some serious implications aside from the potential fines associated with not following proper compliance that are really impactful. And you know, I think it's really relevant to Equifax essentially because you know one of our focus areas from a corporate perspective is helping people live their best financial lives. And part of that is helping them to be and stay employed. And I think this is an, a great opportunity of where Equifax can really essentially help those employees maintain employment within the United States that helps them provide for their families. So I think it's a, a critical component of an ongoing compliance management aspect of Form I-9 and just another uh, relevant topic for why potentially using a software management tool like I-9 management is so critical for employers to think about. Right, and I think that it's also key to understand from an employer's perspective that this requirement is for every employee who is working on some type of work authorization document, not just the ones where you're sponsoring their visas. So outside of the process that an employer would have to go through to make sure that the visa is good, true, correct, maintained properly, Form I-9 sits on top of that, and it is a completely separate process. So even if an employer has the appropriate controls to make sure that for employees where they're sponsoring a visa, that those pieces get taken care of and they check the boxes to make sure those visas either get extended or changed to a different visa type, it, even though they're going through that process, they still have to do Form I-9 and make sure that the re-verification is done and done time. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com slash wise. Um, so we talk about you know, the increase in um, home site enforcement actions uh, by the Department of Homeland Security, uh, Immigrations and Custom Enforcement, <clears throat> and the fact that um, the government is really putting a, a hard line focus around immigration. Uh, and this could have direct implications, that type of activity on employers um, and their and their Form I-9 compliance procedures. And so now is a perfect time to evaluate internal uh, standard operating procedures, make sure that you have the right programmatic controls in place 
to help you ensure that you're meeting all of those regulations associated with Form I-9 and an ongoing compliance. And, and I would say that re-verifications is one of those critical components of that standard operating procedure that needs to be in there as it is a substantive error that is uh, finable in terms of an offense from an I-9 regulation perspective. So that's a critical component of any standard op operating procedure that any employer would want to put in place. It's also um, one thing that employers need to be mindful of when they're when we're talking about re-verifications is that it can be a knowing employment offense, which is not just civil, but also can be criminal. So if they are continuing to employ someone that they know should not be employed, that can rise to the level of a criminal offense, which is a whole different ballgame for the HR practitioner specifically. And another just of the many reasons that it's important not just to take Form I-9 seriously, but also the re-verification process seriously. Because if you've got re-verifications pending and you don't act on them, then you knowingly are continuing to employ someone who does not have a valid work document. And like I said, that's a completely different ballgame from the civil penalties that can be levied against an employer. So I think ultimately there are a lot of implications from an employer perspective as it pertains to re-verification and ongoing programmatic oversight of the Form I-9 protocols with inside their four walls. And so on top of the standard operating procedures, I think it's imperative employers look to efficiencies that can be gained, especially at the larger size employers, <clears throat> where you've got more distributed employment across multiple locations to leverage as much automation in the process as you can. And that's another area that Equifax Sinai Management really excels at uh, in terms of creating efficiency and automation when you bundle our I-9 solution with the work number. Right. So the value the work number can provide to I-9 programmatic oversight comes in multiple facets, right? One of which is you can actually influence your location level hierarchy and management of the employees in those locations through the ongoing contribution to the work number and create some efficiency in that automation. And I think another important thing to talk about when we're talking about notifications to the employees is the timing that you're starting to do it. It's been our experience that employers generally will want to start either 180 days out or 90 days out from the expiration of the documents, sending those first notifications out internally and to the, to the employee. And that way it gives everyone enough time for it to be just something that happens and not something that is last minute, oh, I forgot it, oh, I don't have it. And you can really set yourself up for success if you start that notification process at least 90 days out. And that gives you plenty of time both to notify the employer's staff, so your HR staff to know that the re-verification is coming up, and also the employee. Day-to-day, -day, employees may just not remember that they need to bring in additional documentation. Honestly, they may not know they need to bring in additional documentation. So it gives you a way to communicate that need to both internal HR and internal employees that it's something that happens and it just becomes easier to take care of if you're notifying employees on a regular cadence. So we usually suggest at least 90 days out for the first notification and the notifications every 30 days thereafter and 115 days before the expiration of the documents. And you know that re-verification can be done at any time there on that timeline. You don't have to wait until the last day. 
to do the re-verification, you can do the re-verification as soon as the notifications go out, if the employee had the appropriate documentation to have that re-verification completed. Yeah, 100% agree. <clears throat> I think any opportunity that you can grant to the employee to provide them ample notification in advance of that expiration date so that they can take all the appropriate steps necessary to make sure they have everything lined up to meet those requirements themselves. So let alone the process of completing the re-verification, but providing them ample time to prepare whatever may be necessary to get to that point in time to where they are actually able to process that re-verification with the right documents. And I think that that's absolutely correct. And what I've seen in the marketplace too. And, but another thing that employers need to be mindful of is that it's at the end of the day, their responsibility. So when they are doing something like selecting a vendor for I-9 compliance, if they want to outsource it to an electronic software or use an electronic software for their I-9 management, it's incumbent on the employer to make sure that the vendor they're choosing is reputable, above board, has systems and processes in place, like the re-verification notices that make sure that we are reaching out to the employer to keep them on the right time schedule. Because again, the employer's responsibility is key here in that they are the ones that are responsible for making sure that their workforce is both who they say they are and eligible to work inside the U.S. Well, guys, it looks like we're about out of time for today. I'd like to thank Brian for joining me on the Workforce Wise podcast and hope that you guys enjoyed the topic and that you were able to take away some best practices that you can use in your organization as you're looking at Form I-9 management and the re-verification process specifically. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the Workforce Wise podcast. And don't forget to download your free tools at equifax.com wise. While you're there, check out our other episodes and sign up for our live tech demo to see our solutions in action. And to keep our lawyers happy, you should know the information provided on the Workforce Wise podcast is intended as general guidance and not intended to convey specific tax or legal advice. For tax or legal information pertaining to your company and its specific facts and needs, please consult your own tax advisor or legal counsel. The views expressed are those of the discussion leaders and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the Contact Us box on the Investor Relations section at Equifax.com.